0: the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This evening is a reversal of sorts. What usually happens is that the church has a holiday, and the culture tries to remove Christ from it and fill it with material goods and earthly good times. This certainly has happened to Halloween. There's hardly any thought of the Holy Trinity being associated with Halloween. You see it with Christmas and Easter, as well as St. Patrick's Day. Many, if not most people, celebrate these days with little, if any, thought of the Lord. Well, tomorrow we have a national holiday, Thanksgiving, and it's not a Christian feast day, but we will use this occasion, this evening, to give thanks to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the National Day of Thanksgiving, the President of the United States gives a proclamation urging Americans to give thanks for what they have. This has been happening now for well over a century. Typically, the President will in some way mention God in their proclamation, but what is meant by God is intentionally vague, and Jesus has never been mentioned in the Thanksgiving Proclamation of the United States of America. And often we are told to give thanks, but not even directed to give thanks to God at all. The outside culture's definition of giving thanks can never be the same as the thanks that we give this evening because if the thanks is not to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then it is not thanks to the true God. So this evening, I'm taking advantage of the day of National Thanksgiving to focus our Thanksgiving to our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but especially to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And for all that our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have done for us. Now in the lectionary for this National Day of Thanksgiving, there are two options for the Epistle lesson. I chose the Philippians 4 text because of this marvelous verse six, the very first verse of your lesson. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If you've not learned this verse by heart, then do so immediately. Do it tonight if you can. So I'm going to repeat the verse again. It is a marvelous, marvelous verse, a verse that's included in a devotion that I do in nursing homes um, uh, with shut-ins, with hospital visits over and over again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is the best passage for worry and anxiety in all the scriptures. And anxiety and worry are indeed huge problems. You live in an age of anxiety, and this is acerbated by social media, internet sites, and so-called cable news. You get clicks or views by maintaining a level of worry in your audience. Of course, the great irony in all this, because we do live in an age of anxiety, is that even from a secular perspective, our lifespans, our health, and our material prosperity are so much greater now than in the age of the pilgrims or at the time of the Civil War when Abraham Lincoln began this national holiday of Thanksgiving. And of course, our standard of living is so, so much higher than it was in Paul's time when he gives this Bible verse you would think that our anxiety should be less, not more. So what exactly is worry or anxiety? It's when you perceive a threat to your well-being or the well-being of someone you love. And what happens so much is that you're really trying to play God by thinking about the threat and worrying about it over and over again. In your mind, it goes, over and over, you can't get it out of your mind. So the neg- negative situation plays out. You can lose sleep, your appetite, become quite depressed because of worry and anxiety. When well, this passage you see God's answer to anxiety, it is prayer. Rather than playing God, it is better to let God be God. When something troubles you, you give it to the Lord to handle it. He actually is God and he has the power to change things. He is in control. So when you're troubled, do not just run the problem over and over again in your own mind, playing God by worrying and worrying, but rather turn that worry, that concern to the Lord. He will hear your prayer. He always hears the prayer of his people. And notice in this verse, as you bring your prayers to the Lord, you bring your, con- these, your prayers, your concerns to the Lord, you do it with thanks. The Lord always is good to you and he has blessed you with so many gifts in this life. Over the course of your life, he has showered untold blessings upon you. And what happens in the times of crisis or difficulty It is so, so very easy to have total blinders about the many blessings and to focus only on the immediate problem and forget all that has been given to you. What is meant by giving thanks as you bring your worries is far more than just giving thanks, though, for all that God has done for you in this life. And this is very, very important because sometimes as we give thanks and we bring our concerns to the Lord, that concern might not be alleviated in this age. There is no promise in this passage that if you pray about your terminal cancer, that it's all of a sudden gonna be healed and you won't die of cancer. That's not the promise. But when you go outside of this passage and understand what God has done for you in the scope of eternity, then you indeed understand that we can give thanks in all circumstances. We have this verse, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now it occurs in a larger context, and the larger context really begins at verse four. And so here's how it sounds. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. True thanksgiving then is rooted in Jesus Christ. Now look at the progression that you have in this section of scripture. It begins this way, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice by the Lord, The apostle Paul means Jesus Christ, because Jesus is Lord. Though he was true God, he humbled himself even to the point of shameful death on the cross for sinners. This is what Jesus the Lord has done for you. He allowed himself to be whipped and then pierced through for your transgressions. Now, the crucified is also the risen one. He's triumphant, risen, and ascended, and his name, Is the name that is above all other names. Jesus is your joy now and he is your life. Looking always to Jesus, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. The text continues, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Since Jesus gives life and in him you are restored to have a true relationship with your father, you can truly live your life caring for your neighbor and letting everyone see your Christian life. Do not be afraid to be faithful in your vocation and in your witness. The Lord is at hand. Now, you, now the Lord at hand does mean the Lord is near. I am with you always to the end of the age. That's the promise of Jesus, the end of Matthew. He is always the crucified and risen Lord and you're always in his presence. You as Christians have this joy, but there's a deeper meaning right here. When it says the Lord is at hand, it means Jesus is about to come back and you're gonna see Jesus face to face in eternal life with a glorified body, just as he has a glorified body. You will be with Jesus forever. And that is what gives the Christian true joy. Many of you are anticipating a delicious turkey dinner tomorrow with all sorts of delectable side dishes in the company of your loved ones. But you have a greater feast and a greater loved one who's about to return for you. You live in anticipation of eternity with Jesus. Therefore, as Christians, you can indeed turn to your heavenly father in prayer, bringing him your cares, your burdens, your concerns and be thankful for his provision for you right now, but also his eternal provision for you in Christ Jesus. And that brings me to the last verse of this grand section. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus gives true peace, not just the absence of conflict. Indeed, in this age, there is never perfect contentment As you are surrounded, even this Thanksgiving, you're surrounded by a world of disease, death, dread, and despair. But you even more so are surrounded by the love of God in Christ Jesus. You have peace with God through Jesus, and you have true peace of body and soul in him. You are his. Now listen again to this verse of Thanksgiving from Philippians chapter four. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do not play God by worrying about your concerns. Pray to God, knowing all that he's done for you and all his promises for you in Christ Jesus. In light of all that you are and all that you have in Christ, as you pray about your concerns, do give thanks. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.